baseball more than any other sport is a game of numbers, right? So let me throw out some numbers for you, and you tell me if you can remember what these numbers mean. 5,714. How about 4,256? 2,632? All right, let's get some easier ones. 511. What about the number 56? Baseball, more than any other sport, celebrates and honors its records, right? So if you're paying attention, you're looking at all-time strikeouts, all-time hits, consecutive games played, wins, 56 straight games with a hit. They're measuring sticks for greatness, goals to aspire to, and for a very precious few, like some of the ones that we mentioned, they earn the honorable distinction of unbreakable. But there's also that old adage, right, that records are made to be broken. Baseball, like every other sport, sees records fall every season. There are players who cherish their records while others cheer on other players as their records get broken. There's even an official Major League Baseball record book. And yet so many baseball fans try to put their own sort of asterisks or, or explanations on records due to complications or context from different eras of the sport, which all goes to show you that even math and even numbers aren't as black and white as we think they are. Welcome to Caught in a Pickle, where we are diving into the tension between tradition and evolution in the game of baseball. I'm Josh Lewis, and if you feel like you are constantly caught in a pickle between baseball's different belief systems, and you've just been trying to find a safe base, then this is the place for you. Join me and my guests as we explore this weird in-between place that so many of us baseball lovers seem to find ourselves. And let's see if we can find a way to get out of these pickles between baseball's old school and new school ideas. On today's episode, are records made to be broken? Nothing says tradition in baseball like the hallowed record book, right? And with the season finishing up this weekend, we're looking back at the 2022 season within the context of history. Records and milestones were set, which of course opens the lens wider to a bigger conversation about baseball's record book. In the new era of analytics, numbers are more important than ever. But baseball has always been a sport in which numbers hold much more special significance. So we're going to take a look at new records being set, touch on some of those famed unbreakable records, and chat a little bit about how gray Major League Baseball's record book has become, and if there's a way past it. This is Caught in a Pickle. So when I was about... 11 or 12, I think, I got an MLB record book. I believe it was for Christmas. And I went through there. I was a big baseball guy, and I had aspirations of playing professional ball. And so I went through this book and was just 
reading numbers, <laughs> basically. It shows you how much of a, of a nerd I was in, in baseball. But I was just looking at all these numbers, all the career numbers, and, and I took a highlighter and I highlighted the records that I wanted to shoot for, that I wanted to pass. And so the only one that I actually really remember highlighting that has stuck out to me was uh, Cal Ripken Jr.'s 2,632 consecutive games. I highlighted that one and I'm like, I want to beat that someday. I want to pass it. Now, obviously a little bit naive at the time. (laughs) I don't think that record's ever going to be broken, but baseball has just this special place for its records, right? More so than, than any other sport. Even if you're a big fan of football or basketball or whatever, you might be able to rattle off like who holds a record. Like everybody pretty much knows that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has the most points ever in the NBA. And so, but could you tell me how many points that is? Probably not. Most people cannot. Whereas when you're in the baseball world, everybody knows the numbers, right? They're sacred. The ones that I rattled off in the intro, right? They're just these very specific sacred numbers. And so the MLB record book is like a special publication, right? And so I, when I was young, I took one and I kind of went through and I'm like, these are, these are the ones that I want to want to beat. Most of them had to do with like hits or like I said, consecutive games or, or whatever, because I was a small guy. I was not going to be hitting any home runs or, <laughs> or anything like that. So, but looking at like stolen bases or hits or, or anything like that, those were kind of the ones that I gravitated towards. And so all that to say is just records are important for those of us in the game of baseball, right? And we all have kind of differing opinions and contexts and explanations for records that we like, records that we don't like, records that we think will be broken, not broken ever. And so there's just a lot of discussion and a lot of debate around MLB's record book. And so what I want to do though, let's let's focus on this year. This year was it was kind of interesting. We saw a few different milestones and a few different records get set or, or clubs get joined. <laughs> and so one of the, the two obvious ones, right, are, are Judge and Pujols, right? We were all kind of captivated by that. Some people didn't really care about Judge because they figure, oh, it's not the real home run record. Why do we care? But for me, it was Judge trying to pass Roger Maris for the American League record, right? And then it being another Yankee, obviously he's going after the Yankee record. And so I feel like the storyline was still incredibly compelling. And so even though we can all argue about what the real home run record is, I'm not here to debate that right this second, but it was still compelling. It was still cool to see Judge kind of go after that. And then Albert Pujols, right, going after 700. Nobody really thinking he had a shot when the season first started. And then he just gets hot after the all-star break and gets up there and and joins the 700 club. And I would argue even as impressive or more impressive than that, he joined the 2200 RBI club as well in this whole run that he did. And so Pujols joining those two and joining Hank Aaron as the only man to be in both. I mean, that's just super impressive. So all that to say, Home run records that that we're going after this year were were really cool to follow. The one that I was really fascinated by that got some mentions, but I didn't really feel like it got 
the publicity that I felt it should have <laughs> was Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina's battery record, right? They set the record for most appearances as a pitcher and catcher together. And that's just incredibly impressive to me. And I don't think that that one will ever get broken either. And just super cool. And Adam Wainwright is still pitching, still going to pitch that he just announced in 2023. Yachty is retiring. And so that record will uh, be done with, but really cool to kind of see that. Another one that I, that I thought was interesting that uh, it's been just a super long time was the Seattle Mariners, right? They ended the longest pro sports playoff drought. So the major four sports, hockey, basketball, football, baseball, the Mariners had the longest playoff drought. Their last appearance was 2001. So they finally ended that drought they were able to make the playoffs this year and which was super fun they were a great team to watch I loved it enjoyed it I'm hoping that they keep doing good things but that was really interesting if you're wondering who holds that record now now that they broke it it's the Sacramento Kings in basketball just in case you wanted to know then you've got the New York Mets which adding insult to injury of losing their divisional lead this year they also got hit by pitches a record 106 times that's just a lot of, ouch. <laughs> the Nationals, Washington Nationals this year, in a record for futility, went 43 consecutive games without one of their starters recording a win. That is absolutely ridiculous. Oh my goodness, just no no winning from any of their starters for that for more than a month, for about a month and a half. That's just ridiculous. We had... Uh, the other day, a couple nights ago, we had the Astros in, in the, only the second World Series no-hitter. I still think that Don Larson is king. He had a perfect game. He did it by himself. Don Larson is still king of the World Series no-hitter slash perfect game. But impressive nonetheless. Astros throw a four-pitcher combined no-hitter. Still kind of cool. Still pretty impressive, seeing as how they did it to the Phillies, who were just absolutely red hot, right? So those are some of the ones that got set. There were some other ones, but those were some of the ones that jumped out at me for 2022. Some cool ones there in case you didn't know about some of them. But then let's look at records that will probably never be broken, right? We kind of talk about this pretty often in baseball because there's a few records that are just so astronomical. One of them is career strikeouts, right? Nolan Ryan, uh, Facing Nolan, phenomenal documentary that just came out on Netflix recently. Great documentary on Nolan Ryan's career. It definitely is kind of like the last dance for Michael Jordan. There's definitely a lot of um, bias, leaning, whatever you want to talk about <laughs> in terms of really pumping up Nolan Ryan. But anyways... The, his career strikeout mark, right? The the 5,714 strikeouts, right? Probably never going to be broken. Like I say, probably. It will never be broken, <laughs> all right? Let's give you some perspective here. Let's say, let's say a pitcher averages 300 strikeouts per year. That's a lot. It, that's extremely generous, seeing as how only Clayton Kershaw and Justin Verlander were the, have been the only guys to do it in the last 20 years, and both of them only did it once. So extremely generous, giving 300 Ks per year. 
you'd have to hit that mark for more than 19 seasons in a row. 19, not necessarily in a row, but 19, 19 seasons. That's ridiculous. Plus, that's not even taking into account any like age drop off, right? Like a you have lower numbers generally when you first start out. You have lower numbers generally when you're ending your career. That's assuming no age drop-off. Like, you you have 300Ks per year for 19 years and then into your 20th season. That will never, ever happen again. Zero shot. That will never happen. Nolan Ryan will always have that record. Same ridiculousness with Cy Young, right? We always talk about Cy Young's 511 wins, even if you had a stud 20-game winner, he'd have to go, again, assuming no age drop-off, a 20-game winner would have to average that for more than 25 seasons. Again, never will happen. Those are the two that I see that are just so astronomical that they'll never happen again. I did mention Cal Ripken Jr.'s streak earlier. I don't think that'll ever be broken either, but those are kind of the numbers ones, right, that will never get broken. There's another one. I mean, you've got homers, 762. You've got the consecutive games played, like I mentioned. Another one that I don't think will ever get broken that doesn't get a lot of pub because it's he's always kind of in the same conversation and it gets kind of pushed to the side because of the 56 straight games with a hit, but that's Ted Williams. Ted Williams got on base for 84 straight games. So walk, hit, hit by pitch, whatever, got on base in 84 straight games. I don't think we'll see that ever again because that's, gosh, that's more than half a season. Oh my goodness. Go to go to get on base for half the season every single game. That's just incredible. I don't think that'll ever happen again. Now, let me caveat that with I'm going to be a little bit hypocritical here and flip to the other side of records that I want to see fall and and records that I think have a chance. The the one that kind of sticks out to me, I don't know why. Like I you can quote me on this and if it happens someday then cool, I look like a genius. But there's a <laughs> there's a reason why it hasn't happened <laughs> for so long, but that is the number 56, like 56 straight games that Joe DiMaggio hit in. I know it hasn't been done yet, but it's always mentioned in the unbreakable records conversation, but man, I don't know, like for to me it feels like it could be done. Like I don't know why, and I I know a lot of people will, will get at me and be like absolutely not. Heck no. It's just as unbreakable as Nolan Ryan or Cy Young or anything like that. I get it. I respect that. I just, I have this weird just sense that it's like, okay, 56 straight games, about a third of the season. You, I feel like you could get a hit in 56 straight games. I know it's, it hasn't happened yet, but that's one that I would see that I would like to see fall just to be able to say, see, I knew it could be done. (laughs) So that's perfectly selfish on my part. You could argue that Ted Williams record is a little bit easier because you've got different ways that you can get on base. But for some reason, that one strikes me as a little bit more out of reach. I mean, it's almost 30 games longer than the 56 streak. So all that to say, I want, I want to see 56 fall. I, I really do. I know that's sacrilegious to say in a lot of baseball circles and especially Yankee circles, but I, I want to see 56 go down.
But, and I, and I think it could happen in my lifetime. We'll see. But, all right, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's talk about the elephant in the room about records. Do they even matter? Or I guess more accurately, not do they matter, but are their importance losing some of its luster? And it seems like records are just being debated so hotly, especially this last year. The the Judge versus Maris versus Bonds versus McGuire, all those conversations kind of reignited this whole conversation. And so here's my very simplistic take. The record book will only lose its luster and lose its kind of significance in baseball only if you let it. So if you are into all the differences between players and what they went through, did or did not put in their bodies, (laughs) whether certain records count or don't count, if it had to be done in a certain amount of games or whatever, then once you start getting into all those conversations, then the records really do start to lose their meaning. I don't believe having that conversation over and over again is really worth it. So if you just take the record book at face value, it puts a lot less stress on your brain, right? <laughs> if, and for me, that, that's... I. I treat the record book a lot like how I watch a baseball game if I have no rooting interest. And that's just to kind of sit back and enjoy it. Like, look, MLB has its official record book, okay? It's there. It's in black and white. It's right there. We can debate all day who should or shouldn't be in it. But at the end of the day, the records are right there with no commentary. Like, they are officially recognized by... Major League Baseball, which, sidebar, we'll talk about this in another conversation about the Hall of Fame, sidebar, any of the guys that have so many of those records, like Bonds, like Clemens, those guys, should be in the Hall of Fame. If baseball is willing to recognize the records in their book, then they should be recognized in the Hall of Fame, regardless of what we think of them. Whole nother conversation. Sorry, tangent line. So, you can call me naive, you can call me blind for turning away from context, and that's fair, I kind of am, I fully admit that, but within the context of records, just within that that little context, like I've said in previous episodes, I'm a fan of greatness, like I'd rather just enjoy them without all the clarifications that we try to make, whether it's drugs, whether it's 154 games versus 162 games, whether it's steroids, whether it's flights or transcontinental travel or playing with black players or not black players or what, gosh, whatever. Like it just gets super messy. And I would much rather like take the road of, hey, Major League Baseball is recognizing these records. So I will too. Like, I think that Roger Maris Jr. coming out with all his stuff over and over again about Aaron Judge being the true home run champion, I get it. I get he's trying to kind of protect his father's legacy and whatnot, but it's just it's just not really the case. I mean, it's the record book says what it says, so you, you kind of got to get over it. And 
again. So my attitude towards the whole record book thing is a lot, like I said, like my attitude. If I'm just going to a baseball game, I do the same thing with the record book. I take it, I look at it, cool, awesome, enjoy it. So as always, I would love to hear your opinions. Do you think I'm on the right track here with just accepting the record book for what it is? Do you think it adds to the great conversation and the subjectivity of baseball to discuss records and to discuss which ones stand and which ones shouldn't? What record do you think will never be broken? What are some records that are most impressive to you? And what record do you see going down next? And of course, again, are there records out there that you think are different? than what the record book actually states. So join the Cotton a Pickle Facebook group and add your thoughts to the conversation. Would love to see you there participating in polls, questions, discussions with other baseball lovers as we all lean into this dichotomy of tradition versus evolution. The link for that group is in the show notes. I do want to remind everyone that Cotton a Pickle is listener supported. So if you want to get involved supporting the show, if you enjoy the show, you can find more information on our Buy Me a Coffee page. The link for that is in the show notes as well. So that does it for today's episode of Cotton a Pickle. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope you enjoy the beautiful game of baseball this week, no matter which side of the fence you land on. <laughs>